Mini episode 1462 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1462. This is FDH managing partner Rick Morris here with you. And a very special treat uh, for you here today. Uh, twice a year for the uh, Oscars and the Emmys, uh, generally speaking, I think we do these uh, myself. And FDH Lounge dignitary, but uh, first and foremost, fitness and pop culture expert, uh, John Bastow, uh joins us to uh, break down. In this case, it'll be the Oscars and uh, going through all that. Of course, you can find him on Twitter, at John Bastow. Of course, his show is blowing up, JV's Fantastic Finds on Facebook. You can now find it on uh, cable advertising, apparently all over the place. Uh, no less a uh, luminary than my own father has told me that he has seen the ad pop up. So uh, it's popping up everywhere here as well. It should. And, of course, author of the great book, Fitness Made Simple. And, uh, again, this is a thing here, John, where normally we comb through and we, we might have to kind of think, you know, what we're going to cover from the ceremony, what are the things that really kind of jump out at us. But to get a pop culture moment that is the equivalent of where were you when Kennedy was shot, and by that, of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm of course, referring to Jessica Chastain's heartfelt acceptance speech for Best Actress. I don't think we'll ever forget where we were when we heard that uh, speech. So... <laughs> I thought you were, when you said Jessica Chastain, I thought you were going to go to the dress. Yeah. Yes. The dress from the eyes of Tammy Faye. That was that. Actually, the dress was really cool. I thought, but um, but yeah, th- this year uh, the Oscar came out swinging. They did. They did indeed. And uh, you know, since since you mentioned apparel, there, uh, yeah, it's uh, relative to some of the other things we talk about. I'm sure it's going to get short shrift here. But as far as the red carpet goes. I always make it uh, a habit to acquaint myself with uh, some of the things out there. And uh, you've commented in the past, and I think you're right about this, it's a bit more staid, perhaps, at the Oscars than it is the Emmys. Uh, It's more of an entertainment uh, industry establishment kind of a deal, so you don't have people going quite as crazy, generally speaking. The two things that jumped out at me... Uh, were uh, Timothy Chalamet with the uh, no shirt with his uh, tux there. So he I'm sure like he, he was about ready to fight a bull. Yes, hundred percent. That that was I'm sure that was a thrill for all the ladies out there. And then uh, for 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 the other side of the spectrum here, uh, Kristen Stewart with the uh, very short shorts. I mean, I say that I'm sure that was pants optional viewing for a good part of America, John, based on. Well, I was saying um, it was uh, the, the Oscars are usually, you're 100% right, I do usually say they're more state than like the Grammys, or of course, when we, when we did the uh, MTV VMAs, we talked about that. I mean, that's always wild. Yes. However, this year, I think because um, it's, it's almost like, you know, the, you know they've been toned down or non-existent for, you know, a, a three years almost. Um, that they, I mean, literally came out swinging, and and even in the fashion and stuff like that, and in the stuff on the red carpets, they were a lot, there were a lot more like eye catching things, and uh, a lot more risk takers, and a lot more shockers uh, that you saw, and and a, and a lot more skin, like uh, Kristen Stewart's uh, dre- Kristen Stewart's uh, red carpet ensemble, Timothy Chalamet, um, you had a lot more skin popping up. Absolutely, uh, and uh, I uh, to, to to use the cliche that a lot of people are uh, using for such things here. Uh, big fan of uh, Kristen Stewart's uh, choice, respectfully, of course, John. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, you, you were right about that, that uh, a few more uh, risks, a few more uh, things being a little bit different, uh, almost as though uh, this were the first spring coming up here in two years, which in many ways I guess it kind of is, although I, I think to a certain extent we, we kind of felt that way last year before uh, some of the uh, coronavirus stuff popped up again here. But uh, this year, more than last year even, uh, there is a sense, I think, of uh, turning the corner and being ready for that. And I think you're right that the uh, the red carpet 
reflected that. And uh, again, you know, a show that kind of proceeded here with uh, the three female comedians uh, co-hosting it. Uh, well, not not all of them comedians, I guess, but the uh, comedians slash actresses, uh, shall we say. And uh, it was a thing where it, it, it proceeded along here to, of course, uh, the moment that uh, we uh, referred to tongue-in-cheek a few times here now, uh, that, uh, again, uh, this, this thing with Chris Rock and Will Smith, it's one of these things where I know this is a thing of probably being prisoner of the moment, but, I mean, it, in terms of, like, the thing that is like the first line of your obituary. I mean, are we going to look at these guys, you know, when they're older, you know, like, you know, Chris Rock, the the guy that got slapped. Did you know he was on Saturday Night Live and he had quite a comedy career and he had a show called Everybody Hates Chris? And this Will Smith guy, the guy that slapped him, did you know that he was uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Prior to that, he was a rapper of the Fresh Prince. I mean, you know, is this is this going to seriously overshadow everything that they've ever done? Because in a weird kind of way, maybe it's prisoner of the moment. It almost feels like both of them, their whole lives were leading up to that moment. Well, I, I think in some respects, yes. But I mean, going back in time now, you remember when um, uh, Kanye West uh, interrupted Taylor Swift during the uh, speech, which is another uh, iconic moment in yes. award show history. Mm-hmm. And he was forever, like for, for a few years, it was always talked about him interrupting her and everything. But then as long as the careers continue to burgeon, I think, and continue to be more on the, the, the red hot phase as opposed to the dwindling down phase, um, I think, you know, it's, people are always going to refer to it, but I don't think it's going to define them completely. But it's always going to be a big reference point. It definitely is, and it is very uh, instructive here in, in terms of uh, the the universal outpouring uh, with, with some outrage, but a lot of it humor and everything, and a lot of it shock on social media, particularly Twitter, in the aftermath of this here. It should not surprise anybody that uh, one of our favorite subcultures of this program, the world of pro wrestling, people were weighing in far and <laughs> wide. And, uh, you know, former wrestler turned commentator Taz immediately proclaiming it to be a work, and then I think he kind of backed off of it later. Uh, yes. Longtime promoter uh, Eric Bischoff seems to be sticking to that point in, in spite of all of the evidence. I mean, it's, it's almost like being a 9-11 truther right now if you say that this thing was a work because it clearly was not a work. Now, that said, I do have a conspiracy theory, John, and that being coming in, I'd been reading stuff about this and just like, well, they're coming off of the lowest ratings ever last year and got to take that. So here's my conspiracy theory is it's not that these two guys were in on it together, but keep in mind, there is always a writing staff for these things here. There are writers, there are people that the Academy brings in. And I think somebody got in Chris Rock's ear because, remember, he'd taken shots at Jada Pinkett Smith previously uh, yes. here. There was a little bit of bad blood there, and I think everyone involved knew that. So this whole thing of like, oh, it was an ad lib, oh, my conspiracy theory is it wasn't an ad lib. Somebody pointed him in that direction, wound him up, turned him loose prayed that you would get maybe a moment of like maybe Will Smith flipping him off and everybody laughs, but that still would be a viral moment, right? I think yes. they were thinking it would be something that would pop the uh, the thing here and, and lead to a bigger rating, and uh, it, it led to something bigger than any of the conspiracy uh, people uh, thought it could be, any of the people in on the conspiracy. That's my whole thing here, is that there were people that were aiming for this kind of a moment and they, they, they put the thought in Chris Rock's mouth that that's a direction he should go in. That's my theory. I have no proof, but I always look at the whole oh, thing. Who benefits? Be. They could have been just planting the seed and seeing what grew. And you sure. just, just didn't know you were going to have a tree grow out of it as opposed to a little vine. <laughs> I mean, this um, was a redwood forest that grew out of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, you didn't know it was going to blow up to that level. But I think you're absolutely right. I think they wanted to do stuff that... Um, you had the lowest rated ever Oscars last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this I, I'm hearing, uh, and you, you usually know the numbers pretty well, but I was reading reports that this is the second lowest rated. But of course, it would be because even though that happened during it, it's going to be talked about afterwards, not like having people run to the TV the second it happened, if you know right. what I mean. So, um, I mean, and, and I, I don't think they wanted to continue that trend. So, you could be right about planting a seed. Um, of course, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists that are popping up on all different news networks and all different. Um, 
uh, publications and stuff like that, saying that it was, you know, completely planned and choreographed and yada, yada, yada. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know on that one. Well, I, I'm pretty sure it's not because, uh, again, particularly the, the individuals involved, it's not like either one of them comes out of it looking great, especially Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith stepped all over uh, the, uh, you know, the night that he becomes uh, the, the recipient of the Best Actor oh, Award. 100, 100, and that was like the only movie I saw out of all the nominated movies. And I love yeah. that movie because playing competitive tennis as a kid, I mean, uh, I, I grew up in that whole thing with uh, Venus and Serena and... Uh, Monica Sellis and all the people they were having in there with Jennifer Capriati when Jennifer Capriati was having issues and stuff like that mm -hmm. that they were going over in the movie and, and everything and how Richard Williams I thought that was I thought that was an iconic story when it was happening yeah so the fact that they made a movie of it was like oh and, and it was something that was definitely deserved and what he did um, Richard Williams and of course Venus and Serena um, is just unheard of. I mean, to go outside for, and, and me being in in that whole field of uh, you know with competitive tennis as a kid, you do go up in the juniors. You have the, the ETA and the WTA. You know the different regions of the country as you're growing up in the the tens, the twelves, the fourteens, the sixteens, the eighteens, and stuff like that. And for somebody to go outside of that whole spectrum and and become self taught, not even competing on that level, that you go naturally into the pros from there and doing it a whole different path. And then all of a sudden, her first major tournament, almost beating Arancha Sanchez Vicario, who was number one at that time, right. taking the first set and everything, that is unheard of. It's beyond unheard of. And, to, and that movie was, was awesome. Yes. Uh, that's what I heard. I didn't get to see it. Uh, by, by the way, uh, you know, my, my little connection to the movie Slight, though it is, uh, this year in the FantasyDraftHelp.com Experts Mock Draft, I picked up Serena Williams in the third round, buying low John Bastow. Uh, so <laughs> that is my my contribution to the subject matter. But uh, as far as this goes, yeah, I mean, uh, again, Will Smith, again, in terms of in his speech, talking about the intensity of Richard Williams and sort of drawing some parallels to what he had done not 40 minutes previously on that uh, self-same stage there. But uh, it was a, a moment that, uh, again, Chris Rock doesn't, if you believe in the conspiracy theory, he doesn't come out of it looking good either because of the nature of it. And that is where, again, a lot of criticism has come his way. Now, part of this is... And but doesn't this is, he also put, okay, once again, you know I follow the dollar. Okay? Sure. And we talk about this many times. Right. But doesn't he also have a big tour coming up right now or coming up very, very soon, a big comedy tour uh, that, that's going on, which is like one of the biggest post-COVID tours that's, uh, you know, happening? I mean, this is going to, right or wrong, good or bad, this type of thing puts butts in the seat. True, but the thing of it is, is that, and again, Chris Rock. And once again, I'm, I think I think what you're saying is right. I think I actually agree, uh, uh, basically a hundred percent with what you're saying. I think it was almost like a "let's see what happens" type of thing, where I think the seed was probably planted, and I think, and I don't think a seed had to be planted. I think Chris Rock could have had it in the back of his head. You know, this might be, you know, you know, sort of a, a good thing to do to just, you know, get some sort of buzz about the show, not necessarily get popped in the face. Right. some sort of pause about the show that will be talked about after the fact. Well, and in terms of ratings, uh, as you mentioned before, it was a little bit below $10 million last year, lowest ever. And, of course, yeah. the, we're talking domestically here, not worldwide. A little over $15 million I saw in the overnights. I, I didn't see – there weren't, like, advanced breakdowns available uh, when I was looking earlier. Obviously, I'm guessing that it spiked as it went later in the night here. So if it was $15 million, you know, it might have started at like 11 or 12 million before the slap heard around the world. And, you know, right. it just kind of went from there. But this is one of these things where, and again, this was one of the leaks that had come out from the Chris Rock camp was that he did not know uh, that uh, Jada Pickens Smith had at uh, alopecia. He just saw that she had a shaved head, probably thought it was oh, just a choice. Did. He probably did. Well, I don't, I don't think he would have done that joke if he knew it. And that's my I thing, too, because he's not. He's always been an edgy comedian, but he's not been a shock jock. And but he's not he, also mean. He's well, not. He's edgy. Right. I mean, even when he's talking about Ju Jesse Smollett and things that I've seen, some of his, which it, which he has some funny jokes with that. Uh, I had heard right. a while back. Um, you know, I mean, he still takes a lighthearted um, approach to it. He, it's not mean and biting, if you know right. what I mean. Right. And it's so, not going. It's not kicking somebody when they're down for for a reason that's beyond their control. Right. 
But there's the whole thing here, too. This is really almost sort of the perfect storm of how this came together and that it happens to be the Smith family involved in this because the whole thing of how Will Smith would react to his wife being insulted in and of itself is one of the most fascinating subplots that you could ever get anywhere. And that's where I will say, uh, there's there's a good friend of mine I saw opining on Twitter about this, and uh, given that she's one of the few people as busy as me and you, uh, she may not hear in this podcast I'm referring to it. If she hears me talking about this, I know I'll hear from her and say, what were you saying? But I take... <laughs> I take a little issue with her take on it because her thing was, you know, hey, I stand Will Smith. He was standing up for his woman, whatever. And she's looking at it through the prism of that's what I would want my man to do for me. And indeed, I know 100% that is what her man would do for her. But her man would not feel conflicted uh, in doing it as if you're Will Smith, uh, again, uh, you know, whether it's an open marriage, whatever, whatever the deal is. You could tell from when he was being forced to talk about it. At minimum, he's uncomfortable talking about the thing publicly and having it out there for the world. And the worst case scenario is when everybody talks about the cuck scenario and everything, and if that's what he's actually having to tolerate. So, I mean, Will Smith the is... What's the what scenario? Well, the cuck scenario, basically, of where it's just where Jada's out there just, you know, taking it from other guys, and he's got to sit back and be okay with it. And that's... and right, right. Again, I don't know where the truth lies, but the thing of it is, is, and I firmly... And I'm not attacking anybody, aside from her decision to put it out there, because there, there shouldn't even be grist for the mill for guys like me and you to even speculate about their marriage. You know what I mean? That should be out of oh, respect. I, 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 for all parties involved, what happens, and, there's a publicly, there's a public you and a private you, and, and yes. there's certain things that should be private. Yes. Because even with his career, that's just a that's just a hard look. I'm sorry, I, that's yeah. just a hard look to get past. It is, it is, and everyone was commenting on how you know grieved he looked and everything, and how upset and whatever. Part of it is in the fact, and, and and my aforementioned friend had tweeted about this as well, and she was like, you know, and Will Smith's been dragged for all this stuff for all this period of time. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where did that come from? It's because his wife put this stuff out there. And again, whether it's a consensual deal or whether it's something he's just got to deal with, which is even harder on his psyche, I would have to think if that's the case. But either way, uh, just, just the fact that any of us know any of this kind of stuff just kind of makes my skin crawl because that's, as you say, stuff that should be kept in the private sphere. And, and so the decision to go up on a stage, and then there's, there's layers to this, right? Because it's a thing of like, he initially, the cameras don't lie. He was initially laughing. And then she kind of looked over at him like, what you doing? And then he was yeah. like, oh, okay. And then he puts the game face on and charges the stage. I mean, you know, it was a measured walk, but it was a, you know, it was a walk with purpose, shall we say. And, uh, you know, so that whole thing there of when, when he made that decision uh, to go up there on stage, that's one of the most fascinating parts of it as well, too. And then when he starts yelling about keep my, name's, my, my wife's name out of your mouth, I mean, he had to know as he was yelling that, right? That's going to lead to all these there was a lot of mean-spirited jibes on Twitter about him and his wife and whatever. So there, there's just an undercurrent of the whole thing oh, that's oh, creepy. Twitter is the toilet of social media, so yes. that, that had to be just horrible. Well, I mean, John, you can fill in the blanks here about uh, his wife's mouth and all these things. You know what oh, I'm saying? 100%, 100%, fill in yeah, the yeah. blanks, buddy. Twitter was all on top of it, and it's a thing where, uh, again, so it's a it's a thing where, and, and I've I've had friends that have had uh, all measure of uh, physical handicaps, uh, you know, much more severe than alopecia, some of it on the level of alopecia, sort of all along the spectrum, right? So it's uh -huh. a thing where I don't, I, I don't condone or tolerate any of that kind of humor at anybody's expense. But this is where the whole thing gets weird on so many different levels is that for him to have taken it as far as he did, I mean, I could tell you, I don't know too many guys that would uh, charge the stage if they'd been put through the embarrassment of their personal situation the way that he had been previously. I mean, I guess you could say props to him for all the kind of loyalty and everything else to get past that. I mean, I don't know how you look at it, but then there's people that would want to make fun of him for that level of loyalty. And it's just a thing where, you know, it just, 
There are aspects of it that are funny, and all the memes are funny and everything like that, but the parts of it that make you think about their family situation and what was going through his head, that's the stuff that just makes you want to take a shower when you think about it, you know? Yeah, the thing is, I also, the, the one thing I always think about is I don't make judgments on anybody's actions unless you can walk a mile in their shoes, because you do not know what's going on with them. Like myself, I mean, I'm all about loyalty, so the thing is, if what you're talking about with you know the open marriage and one uh, announcing it and everything like that that would just be a deal breaker for me everything me would too. be over then me it too would, it would just be over I mean it would, yeah. it's done right first first of all first of all there would have been no open marriage that, that's number yes. one and number two if, it, if there was something that was done in private no matter what was the thing whether it's an open marriage whether it's about a crazy relative whether it's about where you buried the dog whatever it is it stays in the family yep okay the thing the thing is you don't what stays in the what's done with the family stays in the family, and you do not disclose it to the world for all crazies, all the vultures in the world to go pick apart. Yes. Um. So the thing is that that's just me. But but that being said, I'm not about to judge his actions on that because I do not know where he's coming from. I do not know. Uh, I've not walked a mile in his shoes, so I do not know what 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 went up to this whole formation of their decision, her leaking that other information, and then him also then deciding to punch Chris Rock uh, in, in the face. I also noticed, I mean, with his walk, he had to think about this for a little bit because you say he charged the state. Yeah, he walked in a measured walk, but it, it, there, there's some time there where you're thinking, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? It's not, boom, you got hit by a car, sideswipe, you run out and you smack the driver in the face type of thing where there's no thought. There, were, there was enough time for thinking that, you know, this was, you know, something that he had in his mind and then acted on. Well, not only that, John, there was a thing of when people are talking about, and this is fascinating to me, of like other ways it could have gone, of like if he would have grabbed the mic and attempted to shame him, like, hey, my, my wife has, this is a, you wouldn't call it a disability or a handicap, yeah. or whatever it is, medical condition, whatever it is. Like, you know, was there, as he's walking up there, is there any part of his mind that's thinking about going that way? Is there any part of his mind that's thinking about punching him, where that slap was actually a middle ground between a punch and trying to shame him and, you know, get the high moral ground and whatever? So, I mean, it, I would just, uh, you know, if we could get a Zapruder film of his mind from the moment he got out of the chair to until he, he, he laid hands on him, it would have been really interesting to know. You know, if he was if he was locked into that, there was going to be this big ass bitch slap, or what was it going to be? Because you know, my my guess is he probably toggled about five different ways before he reached him. I mean, that was a little bit of a walk to make it up there, but uh, that's what I'm thinking. You know, yeah, it it, it could have gone any number of ways, and it's just the whole thing. I got to tell you, so this is a thing where last night uh, I'm I'm watching Billions on Showtime, watching that on my tablet. Because you love Billions. Because I love Billions, yeah, exactly. I love Billions. So I'm watching that, but on the TV, right? I got it on the TV, but I got it muted. So I wasn't paying any attention. I didn't see when that happened. I'll tell you what I saw a couple minutes later. I saw the uh, the phrase trending, I think it was, what just happened. And I clicked on it, and it was like, whoa. And it's one of these things where I'm telling you, not even during the Super Bowl, do you see, like, you know, there are times when Twitter will be completely taken over by stuff, but it's like, this is the probably the most I had ever seen. I mean, and when I'm seeing, like, you know, Rich Eisen from NFL Network, who's just going on about it, and other people, like, everybody was just so in shock by what happened, and going through and processing it, and some of the entertainment media, I'll tell you, in real time, and uh, this is the thing I got to... Wasn't, wasn't it Dana White or one, one of the... Um... MMA, MMA guys uh, saying that, well, now at least we know that uh, Chris, Chris Rock has a chin. That's right. That's right. There was, you know, there was that angle to it. And uh, some of the entertainment media out there, I'm going to take my hat off to a new uh, good-sized website uh, covering major stories, Puck News. We had on one of the founding members, William Cohen, on the show not long ago. But uh, the gentleman that was covering entertainment for them, who was, I believe, on site, uh, I think I retweeted a couple things from them speculating about, like, what's going to happen? Does he just get to go sit back down in his chair and the Academy lets this go? I mean, there's the optics of he was a very heavy favorite to win for Best Actor. So that's got to be factoring in their decision. Like, we're looking at big awkwardness if 
he wins the thing and he's not here, he's off-site. But it was a thing where, I'll tell you, in terms of ratings, clearly they did the right thing because, like, when he got up and he gave that speech, I mean, it was a thing. And I could just feel the camera zooming in on him, right? I, there are times in life when you can feel a camera visibly zooming in on somebody. The entire world was holding their breath, waiting to hear what he was going to say and, and, and how he was going to address what happened. I mean, that, that was that was the original unique moment number two feeding off of the first one there. No, def, def, definitely. And, I mean, he points out also, I mean, in his speech, he talked about how in, in Hollywood you would be uh, I don't think he actually used the words thick skin, but he, you, you have to take being dog and you have to take it, you know, being talked about and you have to, uh, you know, deal with these different things. And that's the, the other side of, of Hollywood. And, and um, you know, in this case, uh, you know, Chris Rock talking about his wife and making a joke a, a while back years ago. And then again, you know, on that night, um, I think, I mean, it brought a lot of attention to the Oscars and it brought a lot of attention to the moment. Um, I, I, once again, I just thought his performance in um, King Richard was so good and was so spot on. And I thought that story in general was so well-deserved for the Williams family. I mean, what they did is just ridiculously unheard of. It's, and it's a, it's a ma- beyond amazing accomplishment. I just think that that, I, I think to have this overshadow his speech and his win for that movie is not a great thing personally, but that's just my opinion because I just think that was just such a stellar, totally positive moment. And to have this be the more talked about thing and also overshadowing that, it, it, it puts a little stain on it, but that's just what it is. But that's also what gets the eyeballs on the show. It, it is, too. And that's a thing where, you know, and I tend to, you know, you mentioned, you know, UFC before, and that's where, whether it be UFC, boxing, or quite frankly, even in, Again, what might be more my forte, the worked world of pro wrestling, it's one of these things where in any of those things, yeah, when when you're the world heavyweight champion, that's basically royalty, right? And the equivalent of that is when you as an actor have won best actor or best actress. I mean, that's a thing where, you know, that's, you know, you're, you're made for life once you've done that. I was scrolling through a list of past winners, and one of the ones that I thought was sort of, a little bit in some ways similar to this was when Jamie Foxx won it, of somebody who had previously been known for more of a comedic bent, but established himself doing the dramatic side of things here. I feel that this was a thing for, for, for Will Smith, formerly the Fresh Prince, done some popcorn movies, a lot of them, quite frankly. Uh, I know he'd done Ali previously. And that was, was he also, he also, but he also did Ali, and he also did um, a lot of... Uh, he had a lot of other non-comedic roles in, right. um, in big movies. I mean, I knew that he could do drama. It was right. just, it's just, I mean, he became Richard Williams in this. I mean, and once again, growing up in that area and actually seeing Richard Williams in person sure. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, he, he, it, 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 it's just a story that needed to be told. And it's an extremely positive story that shows, like I talk about in Wake Up Words all the time, that if you believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything. Right. And I mean, these people didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. They lived in Compton. Um, they were not part of the hoity-toity tennis society. They uh, did not have the money for the lessons. They did not have the money for all the training and everything that everybody starts at a super young age with and then goes through, as I was saying before, the 10s, the 12s, the 14s, the 16s, the 18s, and then goes into the Orange Bowl and all the junior, all the major junior tournaments and all that other stuff. And, does, and that's the only route that was ever known. And for him to do this completely from outside, him and his wife, and then getting Venus to have free lessons you know, with, with, with a top pro and the guy said, well, I'm not going, going to do two for free. And then, then the, then Orosine all of a sudden teaching Serena, everything that Venus was learning and coming home and explaining and everything like that. You just, that, that can't be repeated. I mean, and to, to see, to be able to see that accomplishment and that type of dogged persistence and that type of determination, and then to actually see it come to fruition and see as, as he even mentions in the movie, uh, Venus becoming number one in the world, and then Serena going to be, you know, talked about as being the potent, possibly the best tennis player ever in the world. I mean, you, you can't make that prediction with a 10 and 12-year-old person, let alone somebody who is financially challenged and not in the circles where the other players and the other contenders for these titles are. So that was just amazing. And to, and to be able to uh, portray Richard Williams the way he did, the grit, the determination, 
to being beaten down in a park by a, by a complete waste of skin and hair because that's the environment they lived in. And him going to actually with a gun to shoot that guy um, and then all of a sudden seeing the guy be shot in front of his face. Um, it's just a really, really not only rags to riches story, but such a feel good story that no matter what situation you may be facing right now, it gives you hope that you can get out of it. That's right. And, uh, and as you said, to build on your point, uh, that Will Smith had uh, built up a, a dramatic record prior to this, uh, of course. But uh, again, just in terms of anyone who, who started kind of on the lighter side of the street, uh, if I'm going to be a real old head here, I can go back to Tom Hanks starting with uh, Bosom Buddies. I'm not sure when anybody was watching with, with our with our friend, the late, great uh, Peter Scolari, past guest on the show. I'm not sure when anyone was watching uh, Bosom Buddies that they might have thought uh, Tom Hanks will win multiple uh, Best Actor awards, but uh, it is an accomplishment. When you're, when you're Tom Hanks, when you're Jamie Foxx, when you're Will Smith, when you, you've started out more so uh, doing that type of stuff, and then, as I said, with Will Smith, also popcorn movies and everything like that, it must feel like all the more of a culmination to be able to just prove your chops and to, again, like I said, you're royalty. You're a made man. It's the equivalent of being a world champion in any of these other things here. You, you can always say that. I, I, you know, I, you know, I was the world heavyweight champion. That's, that's what it is in Hollywood when you've won one of these things. Well, not and, only that, he's also an action star. What about like the Independence Day movies and everything? I remember also yep. uh, in his career, also growing up, when he when he would say things like, um, you know, he wanted the uh, summer to be, uh, you know, uh, he wanted to be like one of the icons of the summer, where like every summer, you know, you go to the beach, you uh, you know, you go out to the movies, you go on vacation, and you see a Will Smith movie. Yeah. <laughs> because like that's when the Independence Days and all those the, the big blockbusters would come out when he was having like one after the other in in his heyday then, but his heyday really never ended because he had different. He, he basically is able to reinvent himself in different ways. And I remember with him in particular with Fresh Prince reading an article where even though he was comedic and they were doing that when he was on when he was doing the pilot of Fresh Prince, they had to keep taking the camera off of him when other people were speaking because what happened was. He was so determined to be great on the show. He memorized the script, but he memorized everybody's lines. So when he was like, when he, he would deliver his own lines, and then all of a sudden, like let's say when the mother or the father were talking, he was actually mouthing the words to their lines because he knew the script that well. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'd never heard that. That's determined. That's also that's also by the way, Venus Williams, Richard Williams, and Serena Williams' determination right there. Yeah. I mean, he and he even talked about how he read the script. It was such a big thing, and such and and he was so. Uh, wanted to be so perfect at it and so good at it and not miss this opportunity and screw up such a great opportunity that he would have everybody's lines. And it was so funny when they, the directors would be like, we got to take the camera off of him. He would tell me that the director said to him, we have to take the camera off of you because every time somebody's talking, you're mouthing their exact line. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, about him. And uh, again, so yeah, the kind of intensity that he brings to those kind of uh, roles That's and, the you know, intensity. We got to see that uh, intensity uh, in, in real life here. Uh, art imitates life and uh, vice versa in, in getting to see this kind of a moment. And uh, again, it is something that uh, in the end played a monumental role in uh, the ratings being up 50% from last year. And uh, again, uh, still second lowest ever, but this is kind of where we're at now. That's that's the kind of baseline that they're figuring you know, to get out from underneath. And it's a thing here too of uh, whether you believe my conspiracy theory that uh, somebody might have been ginning this up, putting the idea for the joke in Chris Rock's ear, uh, like you said, planting a seed, not knowing what might come out of it. It's going to be one of these things here where going forward, because uh, I think people are going to be sniffing for this even more so. There's already enough cynicism here. I think most of it's stupid, because like I said, if you think it was a work, if you think the whole thing was a work and they were both in on it, then I think you probably are not fit to be living on your own unassisted. <laughs> You know, shall we say? But uh, I, I think I think the seed theory is more accurate. But also, you know what's interesting though, mm -hmm. um, because and once again, I did not have a chance to watch every news broadcast. I'm just saying the ones that I happened to catch, yeah. uh, and there were a, a number of them, like bits and pieces in here. There, there is not one broadcast. And I'm not kidding for today, and there probably were tons that did do it. But I mean, there's not one broadcast that I saw 
that mentioned anything but this. I mean, normally after the Oscars, there's a little bit of talk about, even on like the, oh, obviously on like an E or something, there's a lot of talk about fashion and things. But on the regular, you know, um, uh, mainstream news channels, and then also whether it be Fox News or CNN or whatever, they give a little list of the winners or they'll give a little highlight of the show. I did not literally see anything. Right. And once again, I wasn't looking, but just there was not one mention of anything, of anybody winning an award, of anybody wearing a crazy outfit or anything like that. It was just all about this. And then they went on to some other news story. But the, as far as the Oscar segment coverage that I saw, it was 100% this. Sure. I mean, and, and look, I mean, if, if you were to look at my notes for the segment here, I mean, it would kind of reflect that. I mean, literally, the only your thing... Tweet, it was your tweet. When yeah. you said, I'm sure we may talk about everything. Yeah. Like, uh, your tweet was like, we may talk about other things too, but do we need to go beyond this? Well, ex exactly. I mean, listen, the only other thing I have written down, I, I mentioned uh, you know a little bit about the red carpet. Uh, obviously, uh, Coda taking Best Picture, uh, and that being an Apple TV one, I mean, that's a big deal that a streaming service gets it. I mean, that's a historical nugget. You know, in, in terms of the, the film industry, I mean, that is a significant historical moment. This just happened to be a ginormous historical pop culture moment. Like I said, you know, I, I mean, akin to, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trivializing real-life things here, but like, you know, the Kennedy assassination, the Challenger shuttle blowing up. I mean, things that you remember where you were when they happened. I mean, this is just, it's something we didn't expect to come out of it. The fact that, and I can't believe it's already five years ago, because it feels like yesterday when you and I were spending uh, the better part of a segment giggling about the whole thing about the best picture thing getting biffed and, you know, what a fiasco that was. And, uh, you know, could we have ever imagined oh, that something you, you, would... You know, John uh, Warren Beatty. Well, John, John Travolta, first of all, mispronouncing the name was a big thing. That, okay. that, that lasted a while. When, who, who, he True. Was trying to, uh, uh, who was he mispronouncing the name of again? I don't remember that part of it. But, Menzel, uh, 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 the, uh, oh, uh, he goes, he goes, how lovely and talented, da, 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 and, and then mispronounce the name. That was, that was a big thing. That's it. You know, eventually fades into oblivion. Okay. Um, and, and then, of course, when reading the wrong winner. Yeah, yeah, the wrong winner. The envelope gets uh, given to uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway and the fiasco of that. And, I mean, I don't think we could have ever imagined anything topping that because pop culture-wise, that was pretty big. I mean, at least for a couple of days anyways, it was pretty big. Versus yes. a, a thing of, like, we're still prisoner of the moment. It's barely 24 hours since we're recording this. But by the same token, I mean, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing that's going to be forgotten by Friday, if you know what I mean. Like, this is this is something no. where this is going to linger. This is going to be a pop culture milestone here, uh, I think, for some time to come. Because the thing of it is, is and this is what it reminded me of, is that in terms of, again, the whole the whole nature of the ratings and the ratings going down in recent years, well, really, outside of the NFL and maybe college football to an extent, whatever, but everything's getting splintered. I mean, you know, even some sports are, are really, you know, baseball continues to go down, hockey, et cetera. It's the rare sports that don't go down significantly because of the bifurcation of the audience, all the different choices that are available uh, one of our FDH Lounge dignitaries, Ben Chu, has postulated, I think correctly, that uh, starting with the pandemic, the explosion of streaming, the fact that people were relying on streaming more than ever before for their entertainment when the entertainment industry ground to a halt in that spring of 2020, and he said it's never gone back to what it was before, and I agree with him on that. I think streaming takes more of a bite out of things than it did previously but with live sports, again, football, whether it be college or pro, that's a thing where it's why it demands the highest ad rates, because you're watching it, it's live sports, anything can happen. And that was a moment on TV. How many moments do we get anymore that are truly shocking? A moment where it's like, oh, anything could happen here. Nobody ever watches the Oscars thinking that that's going to happen, where there's going to be a significant pop culture moment that's going to be talked about for years to come. And when they're running their highlight reels of the biggest moments of the 2020s, this is going to be front and center. Nobody expects that from the Oscars. And we got that kind of a moment, that holy crap, This I'm always going to remember where I was when this happened kind of a thing. That's what it reminded me of, and that's why the ad rates for uh, you know select pro sports 
remain as high as they do. Because in this day and age, it's pretty much almost, you know, only some pro sports that give you that moment of you uh-huh. may miss a, a real moment of history here. No, I, I completely understood. By the way, it was Adina Menzel. Okay. Was, was, who, was who John Drew That's right. Yeah, you don't get that. I mean, the mo- most you get is like the seven second delay covering a curse or right. something like that. It's not somebody walking on stage, pop one, one, one A-lister walking on stage, popping another A-lister. Right. Um, it, and it is also, I mean, the reason why it's going to also be talked about so much is it's just bizarre. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, if, if somebody said, uh, you know, I think this is going to happen at the Oscars, you, you, think, you say, what are you smoking? So it, it's just, uh, once again, you know, pretty much unheard of ever happening, which is, which brings it once to a new reality, uh, as far as these award shows go. And it also, uh, brings, could possibly bring a lot more eyeballs on, the Grammys coming up could possibly bring a lot more eyeballs on other award shows, or may just lead to more water cooler talk and talk, and nobody talk, nobody actually watching the shows, or, or the numbers continuing to plummet. It could be, yeah, it could go either way. This is a thing where, I mean, ironically, for a show held in a theater, uh, as I ask you your thoughts uh, on on anything else that you thought was noteworthy, I'm sure from the PR perspective of the uh, the Academy Awards, it's almost like saying. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> that yes, that very very good point, very good point. And and one thing that was noteworthy was interesting was it was after three years of no hosts, we have one year of three hosts, right? So making up for the uh, three missing ones. That's I don't right. Know if anybody caught that? That's right. And uh, you know, I, I will say too. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Amy Schumer guy. But the whole thing of, like, when she comes back in after that segment, she's like, I was out in the lobby. What did I miss? <laughs> okay, like, that was... Oh, no, no, she, she was like, I, I feel a different vibe. Yeah. I, I think the vibe of the room has changed. Right, right, yeah. I mean... Let's just keep it moving. That was like, you know, playing off of it the way that she did. I, I will I will give credit there. Uh, and, and as I say, it doesn't it doesn't come, you know, as naturally to for me to do because I'm not necessarily... A big fan, but uh, you know she played that one right, and uh, you know the uh, the night definitely had uh, a lot of uh, interesting moments, and uh, the, the awards that were given out. We mentioned uh, Jessica Chastain getting for uh, best actress, and uh, Coda for the uh, the best motion picture. So there, there. And know, also, first, first, uh, I think I believe it was first uh, deaf actor to win as best supporting actor. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Troy Kutzer uh, winning for that. And uh, for Best Supporting Actress, uh, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. and uh, Which I also believe was a first. I know that, that was a big... Um, uh, she was the first uh, openly gay woman, I think, to win for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, okay. Uh, I would have guessed that would have happened already. But hey, uh, here we are in 2022. That has just happened. So... Uh, and any number of the other awards here that uh, there were some honorary Academy Awards given out to uh, Liv Ullman, Elaine May, and Samuel L. Jackson. So there were some things here where, uh, again, it is a shame for uh, you know any number of folks here who uh, had uh, career highlights that it ends up being overshadowed here. But uh, again, uh, nobody more so than Will Smith overshadowed uh, for winning Best Actor by his own actions earlier on, and uh, so now the ramifications of that, and Will Smith, uh, as we're recording this this evening, uh, having put out an apology this time that actually did include Chris Rock, uh, as opposed to what he did spur of the moment, so uh, we'll have to see uh, how the uh, things continue to play out here, and I know that uh, this is what I'm about to mention is is not a stage for necessarily discussing any of this stuff uh, directly, but uh, very, very noteworthy. As I touched on at the top, JB's fantastic finds. <laughs> maybe you'll work in some jokes on this, right? You are, you are the king of segues tonight. Yes, yes. Maybe maybe you'll work in a joke or two. I mean, I don't know how you segue from this this absurdity to your show here, which is a different kind well, of fun absurdity. Yes, exactly. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll challenge yourself to make a few references here. I don't know, but uh, you know this. Uh, oh, this 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 gift here. Uh, anybody that uh, bids on this, this thing really slaps. I think Chris Rock would tell you that. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you could find a way to work it in. But as I said, Jamie's fantastic finds uh, really really blowing up. Uh, it, and uh, again, the uh, the commercials out there, people starting to see it. 
and uh, mentioning it to me. So, uh, you know, yeah, the, the awareness and everything like that, uh, your, your latest and greatest project really taken off, my man. It is, well, first of all, I feel uh, definitely, um, you know, may sound cliche, but I feel very uh, fortunate and blessed. Had From small beginnings, great things come, and I had no idea this show was going to rise to the uh, heights it has and the, uh, the prominence it has uh, at the moment, because it's, and it's exciting. It's, it's by far the biggest thing um, I've done with Fitness Made Simple, with, you know, all the different things in between, like the... Uh, news reporting and the wake up words on Vine being blips on the radar, which were which were good. This is this is a thing. JB's fantastic finds, and it makes a lot of people very happy. I mean, if you go to um, our site and you see the people posting some pictures of their treasures, it's not only about what they're winning and stuff like that. There's it's it's a family atmosphere on the show. There's so much conversation in between, and so many new friends being made. And now that the I mean, the last time I was on your program. Um, my God, I think I just, you know, JP's Fantastic Finds is three years old. I mean, we, we started off on a, what, were, what were like multi-show channels where my show was one of many shows on a single channel or group. And then uh, just last January, we, I started my own channel or group, which is JP's Fantastic Finds. And we started on, and we only started, I guess, broadcasting um, maybe in January, February, something about that, about, about a year ago, almost exactly uh you know, a year ago, um, and uh, and started on TV uh, when I had that little brainstorm about uh, seeing an opportunity with the TV opportunity that I saw with Fitness Made Simple back in the day, and that hadn't existed since, and I saw another opportunity, and I said, wow, wouldn't it be great to marry these two together? Had no idea what exploded the way it did. Started off on just testing in, like, Chicago with, uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine that um, I had known back in the Fitness Made Simple days, and did very well in our test and then rolled it out nationally in August. Um, and then that's when everything exploded and it really exploded from day one of hitting TV, which is amazing. And that's why I am uh, just incredibly well fortunate, blessed, happy, but also just damn busy. I mean, I don't have a spare moment to myself keeping up with everything. And, and it's, and it's great to see, I think what gives me energy is seeing the positivity in the comments, seeing the joy of the people on the show I mean, they're winning these little trinkets and treasures, but it's beyond, it's become a being about so much more than that. Um, and I mean, you see their notes that they look at the Tuesday and the Saturday show. I just look so forward to Tuesday and Saturday. It's my time to, you know, be with friends and, you know, unwind and anything that was going on bad with the week. I really, you know, it, it goes away during that time. And, and I mean, I get a few nice things, but it's just, I have such a fun time at the show. So it's, and, and that's what I like most about it. It's that type of feel-good atmosphere. It's a positivity-only zone. And it's just become a, a focal point for a lot of people, and it's a lot of fun. Yes, and uh, again, you really, uh, this has been uh, such an outstanding project. And again, as we've talked about here over a period of time, that uh, you have been the master of reinvention. I still think in some form or fashion, when they go to write your obituary, hopefully, hopefully several decades down the road, but I have a sneaking suspicion you might be able to find a way to do something with the Seven Eleven Chronicles that would make that the first line of your obituary. <laughs> but, uh, As, well, you never know. Yeah. Well, well, this is this is the thing. Okay. I mean, I I, I talk far too much on your show, but uh, with, uh, about way my, the way my mind works with different things. But as you know, once your prominence rises and once you become more visible again, any other little thing you do takes on a lot more gravitas and a lot more weight. That being said, like if I, I know you absolutely love Seven Eleven Chronicles, and yes. I know a few people did, but I mean, Seven <laughs> Eleven Chronicles, I started doing, um, you know, just as a little fun little thing. But I was not really like, you know, the eyeballs weren't on me necessarily. Right. Whereas, like, if I had done it when at the height of fitness, made simple, or if I bring something back, maybe as JBF JBFF goes, you know, super super big and stuff like that, you never know what might happen with Seven Eleven Chronicles. As I always told you, bring me a deal. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's all dependent on this. And uh, again, it, when you were mentioning your past projects here, I mean, you touched briefly on Vine, but I mean, uh, what about the, yeah. didn't you have like 38 million views on Vine? I mean, you were, you were as big as it got on there. Yeah, no, 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 Vine was, no, Vine was a poor, I, I, Vine was good. I mean, yeah. Vine paid the bills and Wake, right. up, will, wake up Words and the, and the brand deals I got from Wake Up Words and the positive, and once again, Wake Up Words were great because it's an injection, once again, of positivity and uh, motivating people to do good things and also to say, you, you know, basically uh, put a deaf ear to the haters and stuff like that. 
and it was a, an empowering force. And, and what the hell other empowering forces do you have on the internet? Um, which is why I think it did well. Um, because it, I mean, a lot of parts of the internet are just a toilet or a cesspool for negativity and tearing down rather than building up. And uh, Wake Up Words, as, as motivating and as uh, uplifting as it was, also had a little bit of an edge. I mean, it was also like an F you to the haters and stuff like that. And that's what a lot of people liked. Um, about it and still do like about it on the, on the ones that run um, and uh, so Vine was definitely a blip on the radar but nowhere near where Fitness Made Simple was back in the day and definitely nowhere near where JBFF is today right and that's where to bring it all full circle uh, if more people had that kind of positivity uh, then there would be a less of the mean-spirited kind of a stuff here. But listen, some of the memes and everything like that are great, but of the people actually attacking any of the ones involved in this whole thing here, either the Smiths or Chris Rock, uh, you know, I dare say if those people had more of these wake-up words in their lives, uh, they, they wouldn't feel the need to be so mean-spirited. So uh, we can all learn from your example, John, and uh, again, uh, your example uh, spreads across, uh, as I said, many different uh, you know walks of life here. Fitness and pop culture expert, FDH lounge dignitary, host of JB's Fantastic Finds. It's a, it's a long, long list here. I'm proud to have our program. Uh, you know, you being a dignitary, being aligned somewhere in there. Always a pleasure, John, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to uh, hang with us and uh, break down all of this fun crap yet again. I, I appreciate that. And one thing I will say is for anybody listening out there, uh, definitely, definitely turn a deaf ear to the haters. Uh, don't ever let anybody else steal your joy and always believe in yourself because if you believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything. And anybody trying to tear you down is generally just speaking out of their own fears, frustrations, and failures. So just say God bless, keep it moving, and show them the error of their ways by you achieving success because success is the best revenge. Exactly. I'm not ever going to let anyone be a thief of my joy. Conversely, the kind of people you're talking about, I enjoy being a thief of their joy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what keeps the world going around here. And uh, again, look forward to catching up with you again subsequently. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1462.